Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. That was a weird one. Daniel, okay. I don't know where that came from. Different. I like it. was like heavily punctuated. <laughs> it, was, it was like a stopgap. You were pausing there and everything. I know. It was it's weird. It's like D I dot know. I dot Y dot, which I guess it There's is. There's no dot. Well, I got yeah, I don't know. There's no dot. But In theory, there would be dots, though, because it is a... Uh, acronym? Is it an acronym? Is that what Abbreviation? It is? I don't know. Abbreviation? I don't know. We're not English majors. <laughs> you with your big words and your... And your just small, difficult words. We are definitely not English majors. That was my least favorite subject in school. That's for sure. Really? What was your favorite? Math. Oh, big time. Hmm. Yeah. I was a nerd. Fair enough. I almost got a math minor in school. Um, be cool. I was working on it, and then I was taking a class that was um, linear matrix algebra. And I was about three weeks into the class, and I was like, why am I taking this? No one is going to care if I have a math minor because I'm econ and finance and that doesn't matter. Yeah. So I was like, no, I'm not doing linear matrix algebra. It was terrible. It was brutal. But yeah, math is great until you get into like the really advanced stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's goodwill hunting or whatever style. And you just. Yeah. Whereas that class. So this is when I knew I was going to drop my math minor. Um, we had a test at the beginning of the year. It was kind of like a kind of like a test it was just kind of like a prelude to the beginning of the year and he gave us the five questions the day before the test and mm-hmm. said these are the five questions on the test but it was like it was like goodwill hunting it was like theory questions that you had to like prove and write out the percentage average on the test was a 30 30 percent so i was like this is not for me <laughs> i mean you had the eight questions the day before and everybody tried to figure out what the answers are and no one could figure it out that's so, amazing yeah no it and was, discouraging all at the same time yeah i was like a 95 year old professor he was he loved he was like this is awesome he, he just math is awesome but yeah. it just gets complicated pretty quickly and that cliff is steep <laughs> is this goodwill hunting no it sounds a lot like the plot of goodwill hunting yeah Anyway, right. speaking of math, down a rabbit hole. So yeah. let's uh, let's run some numbers and let's get to our question today from Riley. DIY. Hi, DIY Money Crew. It's Riley from Milwaukee. With the end of the year approaching, I've heard the historical advice to pay an extra mortgage payment annually to reduce the number of years you have a mortgage and reduce your total interest paid. I was lucky enough to secure a three percent mortgage interest rate, and my monthly mortgage is around two thousand dollars. If I've completed all the previous steps of the DIY money process, I'm curious your thoughts on if it makes financial or psychological sense to pay an extra mortgage payment each year or to put that money to use elsewhere. Thanks for taking the question and can't wait to hear what you guys think. All right. So this is an adage that I've heard many, many times. Uh, My parents have drilled this into me. When you get a house, make sure you pay an extra mortgage payment each year, 13 payments that, you know, pay down on your mortgage. But there's only 12 months in a year. Why would you make 13 payments? Well, extra payment. You put put your extra payment in. And I think that's what he's asking. So why, why, why has that been something that people have said for a long time? And what are your thoughts on it? I don't know where this started. Uh, I don't know if it was a book that made it popular or if it was just the rise of sort of personal finance blogging. Um, 
I didn't have enough time before we cut the show to like trace the history of who said this first. <laughs> uh, it's not a bad program, and actually, some banks I think allow a way like have a sign up method for you to do this. Actually, I I don't know if it costs anything or not, but I know when we had a mortgage, we would get like these offers. Um, it was either to make a 13th payment a year or to make payments twice a month, something like that. Basically, any time that you reduce the equity or the principal, rather, the principal is what you owe on a, a loan. Anytime you reduce the principal ahead of schedule, you will then pay less interest. By paying less interest, it naturally takes less time to pay down then uh, your loan over time, and then you you pay less interest because you're paying less interest. So... Um, so that's kind of, I, I don't know where the history started, but that's the theory behind it, right? So mathematically, it allows you to pay off your house sooner. I think the crux of it is most people, and I don't recall the statistic, uh, but by and large, most people do not stay in their house to the end of their mortgage. Anyhow. Um, so okay. Yeah. So most mortgages are 15 or 30 years. Yep. Um, so most people aren't buying a house today. Maybe it's first home, second home, third home, whatever it is, and staying in it for 30 years. Yeah, and I should uh, rephrase that as um, it's not that most people don't stay in their house till the end of their mortgage term. Most people don't stay in their house long enough to fully pay off their mortgage anyhow. Okay. So it's not just that they don't stay there 30 years. It's they also don't stay there like 17 years and then have cash in the bank and go, hey, we're going to pay it off. Now, some people do because of life circumstances, maybe they have a low cost of living and they're high earners or something like that. You know, maybe they stay there 10, 15 years and then they have, you know, they've made enough. Um, maybe like kind of like our previous show where they, they kind of bought a starter house or something mm -hmm. and then they progress in their careers and they've made enough and are, you know, through whatever situation able to pay off the mortgage. That is a rare circumstance. I mean, there might be numerous people in the U.S. that do that, but on a percentage basis of people who have mortgages, the amount that you know have enough to pay that off, then at some point in like ten or fifteen years, I think is relatively small. But again, okay. I don't have the the actual statistics to back that up. Now I have read, you know, when you're talking about uh, mortgage bond investing and stuff like that, the amount of people that basically hold a mortgage for the entire term is relatively low. They either move to a new house, they upgrade expand, whatever, move to a different state, whatever it is. But most people aren't staying there and, and paying off the house. Look, new neighbors. Oh. What do we got? Is that a fraternity? Okay, so then if most people don't do that, most mm -hmm. people don't stay in their house or, or they don't pay off their mortgage fully, what's the point of doing this method then? What's the point of paying down a, a 13th payment, taking off principal? Is it just, okay, you get a benefit of a little bit of interest or is there really not much of a benefit at all? Yeah, so when you're looking at a decision like this in terms of, say, financial planning or uh, your personal finance, et cetera, it's important to not look at it in a, a siloed isolation, right? So looking at just your mortgage, you kind of want to look at it in the scope of your entire financial plan. And so when you pay off any debt, the return that you're getting off of the dollars you're using to pay down or pay off that debt is the interest rate on that debt. Okay. So in this case, the interest rate was, he said... Uh, about 3%. About 3%. Um, so 3% is basically your rough return on that. Now, if they're getting the mortgage interest deduction, you have to take 3% minus their tax rate. 
Uh-huh. Yep. Right. So uh, let's say they're in the 20%, you know, their top dollar is 20% or, you know, they, they're able to deduct enough to get 20%. It's actually harder now with the higher standard deduction, but we'll assume maybe that they have enough deductions to get uh, 20% uh, benefit off of that interest rate for now. So that would be, that would make their effective actual interest rate on these dollars 2.4%. Got it. So basically if they were to pay it down and they're getting interest, they're getting the interest is the benefit Mm -hmm. minus whatever deductions they get for taxes. So if they have a what you say two point four percent, yeah, we'll benefit. say somewhere between two point four and three percent is their effective return on a thousand dollars that they pay off of principal. Well, that might sound great, but you can go out right now for the first time in a very long time, buy a one year treasury and get four point seven percent. Yeah, I don't know what it is today, but yeah, it's four point. It's mid fours, right? So not bad um, for relatively risk free, etc. Right. So the maybe the method for this could be different. If you're planning on staying in this house for a long period of time, um, maybe you could look at some kind of math method where you can see the interest rates that are out there. Luckily, you fixed in at a 3% rate. Now mortgages are 6 7%. Now you could take money, put it into a treasury account, and basically get a higher interest rate to fund the mortgage. Something along those lines? Yeah, so uh, you can kind of... Yeah, what I would look at probably is if so if, if this were me, <clears throat> one of the things that I might consider is looking at say, well, you could do a money market, but the interest rates on that are going to fluctuate. Same as like a savings account, something of that nature. You can look at utilizing a treasury. You're going to lock in the interest rate that you get on that uh, over whatever term that you get. So you can do a one year treasury, but you only get the interest rate for one year. You could do a you know seven year treasury, five-year treasury, and you're basically locking in the interest rate for them. Uh, If you sell it before that, you might realize a profit or loss depending on the move of interest rates. But what you could do is instead of making that you know extra $2,000 every year in this instance, you could buy a $2,000 seven-year treasury, right? Um, And then every year add more to that, and then you're going to get the interest rates along the way. Now, you may look at treasuries today and go, oh, I'm you know, seven-year treasury, let's say it's 3.8 or 4%. Mm-hmm. And you may go, well, that's not a really good rate. Why would I buy a treasury? And if you're not willing to make that much on an investment, why make that much on the debt pay down, right. which is even less than what you would make on the treasury? Because the benefit of the treasury is you have liquidity now. Yeah. So if you put $2,000 into a treasury or a savings account or even the stock market, and you needed those funds in six months, 12 months, three years from now, whenever, uh, because you can't see very far out in the future, right? So you don't know what your situation is going to be in two, three years. If you needed those funds, you have access to those funds. If you moved those, if you were paying down the debt, the mortgage, and you suddenly were in a place where you needed those funds, those funds are a little harder to access. Right. Now, if you still have your job, you can get a home equity loan or line of credit or something of that nature. But let's say, for instance, we went through a severe recession in the U.S. and you lost your job. You can't call your bank and go, hey, uh, I'm not going to make my mortgage payment for the next six months because I paid a couple extra payments for the last couple of years. You're going to be like, well, you still owe the exact same payment every (laughs) month. That is the contractual agreement. So that's a long way of saying... making that extra payment into the actual mortgage really 
just doesn't give you the flexibility and liquidity later on. Versus if you built that up in a some type of account, depending on the risk level you're willing to take, and then you lose your job or you go through an adverse time period, you now have a bucket of liquidity. Let's say you lose your you lost your job and we're spending six to twelve months looking for another job. Yeah. You now have a bucket of liquidity that you can then make that mortgage payment off of. And then when you get through that period of adversity, you're able to refill that bucket again if you want to. So it just gives you more options. I think what people can't um, underestimate is the value of liquidity sometimes. Having access to your assets is pretty big. And you'll still have access to the home equity, to the actual home that you live in, stuff like that. But if you're not completely paying off your mortgage, having an extra even fifty or $100,000 in equity or less amount in your mortgage, but still having the mortgage and being committed to a monthly payment... Is not super helpful. doesn't do a lot for you. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you do? Or what, what are your thoughts on this? No, I think it makes sense. I, I think... Um, I hope this helps Riley because what our, what our views are is basically... If you're just going to pour a little bit extra into your mortgage, you're locking something up or making it more difficult to get to than if you were to put it into another method. Now, if we are saying, oh, we have enough money set aside that we could pay off the entire mortgage right now, well, that's a whole different conversation. Sure. That's different psychology. That's uh, having no debt. That's a whole different conversation. But if you're saying, okay, we're just going to tick away at this mortgage just a little bit over time, well, then I don't think that makes sense in a lot of cases. Just keep making those payments, especially at a low interest rate that he's locked into. Um, when there's better opportunities for more interest or more savings, which is effectively what you're trying to do, is you're trying to save and not have as much interest, there's more methods for better savings out there, I think, than paying just a little bit extra on your mortgage each year. Absolutely. Now, I think there are instances where maybe folks are very undisciplined uh, with their finances. And so this rule probably works well uh, in that type of scenario where people are not going to save and not touch those funds. But that's a whole nother issue. So like paying more on your... So if you're disciplined enough to have extra cash flow every year and have enough extra cash flow to make an entire extra mortgage payment, then I have to assume you are disciplined enough and you've now already built your emergency savings and you're saving enough for retirement and you still have extra cash flow. I have to assume... You should never assume because when you assume... I know that's risky, but I have to assume you're disciplined enough to put that in some type of investing or savings account and not touch it. Yeah. Because... You are so down the other, you know, personal finance steps. It's not like you're just struggling to build an emergency fund and and pay off credit cards and debt and stuff like that. So you've already shown enough discipline in other areas that I believe you could do that. So the only people that this I think would probably work the best for are people who are undisciplined and want to get this paid down. However, if you're in that case, I think the odds of having that extra margin because right. of that lack of discipline. Yeah are relatively low. So I don't know that it's super helpful um, for bloggers or authors to to make this the end-all be-all of, of how to get out of debt quickly, though I support getting out of debt quickly. I think you just have to look at it holistically, as we've both said, of how that 
sort of scopes out within your entire sort of financial plan rather than just looking at the mortgage. Great. Fantastic. Okay, we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, Riley, great question. He sent in an audio question to podcast at DIYmoney.com. That's podcast at DIYmoney.com. And we are going to send him a $25 Amazon gift card that he'll get in his email. So um, thank you all again, and make sure you send in those questions. Uh, I love being on with you, Daniel. It's a lot of fun. Um, So the secret to wealth is really very simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.